Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 25 through 28 of Part 6, Stone Ocean. Davis, my good friend and co-host of Stand and Deliver, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure podcast. I've been playing Pac-Man World Repack. You got Pac-Man fever. I do got Pac-Man fever. It's I driving you crazy. Well, it's terminal, so we need to finish up the rest of this podcast because I'm not long for this world. What else is new? <laughs> There's a bit in one of the episodes. We'll loop around to it. It reminded me very much of me in the worst possible ways. But, uh, hypothetical, or not even hypothetical, I don't don't know what kind of question this is. I I don't understand things so good. How long until they make a uh, asymmetrical multiplayer Pac-Man game where one player is the Pac-Man and the other are the ghosts? Didn't they already do that? Did they? I think so. There was well, a, this there was that discussion did not go the game. way that I thought it would. There, were, there was a Luigi game on the Wii U. I think it was like part of Nintendo Land that was basically that. Okay. Well, I was thinking more like you could have it be like Evolve, though. Like you're in the jungles looking for Pac-Man, and like Pac-Man's eating pellets to get like bigger and stronger. Uh huh. And then eventually, like he gets enough pellets, he could get a power pellet, and only then could he attack the other ghosts. I've been workshopping well, this terrible. idea um, alone. <laughs> well, yeah, of course Namco it's terrible. Go for Symmetric it. multiplayer know. game. <laughs> They're all terrible. Well, in most cases, they start out fine and then become terrible. That's an important That's distinction. True. Who do you think would be more overpowered, though, Pac-Man or the Ghosts? Uh, the Ghosts. It's always the um, team always mm. ends up the most overpowered. Well, then your different color ghosts, those are your different classes, too. So, like, uh, Red, he was the fastest one, right? So he'd be, like, your tracker equivalent. Okay, what, what's the point of this? I, don't, I was just thinking about, like, what you could do with Pac-Man at this point in time other than remaking the two Pac-Man world games, because, like, what else are you going to do with Pac-Man? Aren't there three of them? I thought that there were just two, but I've never played two, so I'm not... 100%. I think I, there were three. When I was a kid, sure. I got invited into a man's house to play the first one. <laughs> Say that <laughs> ominously. 
<laughs> well, I say that like it. So down down the street, there was a guy probably uh. like in his 30s or 40s. And I was like, I think maybe like 12 or 13 at the time. And he was telling me about this new Pac-Man game he got. And he invited me inside to go play the Pac-Man game with him alone in his house. And this is like the first time I was ever talking to him. Nothing bad happened. Uh, on retrospect, I probably should not have gone inside of his house on the promise of Pac-Man alone. It evidently did not take much for somebody to attempt to kidnap me. Uh, but he also shouldn't be inviting preteens into his house to play PlayStation games with him. Maybe. But, but you know, it's, we were just a couple of dudes uh, bonding over Pac-Man. Totally normal. Completely rational Pac-Man experience. It would have been really good if it had been earlier than that and he was inviting you over and showing you Pac-Man 2, the new adventures. It's oh. like, check it out, you hit him with this slingshot and he goes, eh, eh. <laughs> It would be pretty good. I don't know, maybe he's invited other kids to play Pac-Man over the years. I bet he has. <laughs> Serial Pac-Man player. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, quick, <laughs> alright, before we get to the meat of the episode, I'm Larry Davis, with me as always is George Brundle, uh, a bit of house cleaning here, house, wait, I don't mm -hmm. know what I'm saying, uh, we've gotten reports from our current podcast host, Anchor, that uh, they've removed a few episodes of our other podcast, Destroy All Children, because of licensed music usage, because they can't appreciate the Alan Jackson classic, Mercury Blues, Oh, is that one of them in particular? <laughs> yeah, it is. Nice. I kind of want to know what the others are, but uh, I don't. I'll look. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'd like to buy me a Mercury and drive it up and down their heads. <laughs> That's going to get this episode taken off of Anchor. Jesus, they're, Christ. they're not. Gonna, they're not going <laughs> to listen to this. They just use the algorithms to determine. That's fair. It's taken down. Anyway, the point is, episodes of this podcast might disappear. Uh, not sure because. We started this so long ago, the email address I used for this doesn't exist anymore. So, <laughs> I still have all that... the archives and uh, looking into alternative hosting, and we can move it over if we have to, or re-upload it all if I really have to. If there's a yeah. large contingent of sad heads out there that would really want this to be back up, then yeah, I can do that. But anyway, that's just why... If you happen I'm to the, look through I'm, the archives, which you should not do, by the way, unless you're looking at the Tokusatsu Roulette episodes, which are yeah. the best, yes. Uh, if you find a missing, that's what happened. Yeah, I, I was going to say I'm surprised that we have not gotten an email. Or, well, I was surprised we had not gotten an email about this specifically, because this one is, this podcast is lousy with licensed <laughs> yeah, music. That's, that's the whole point. <laughs> We um, do it all the time. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, you tell me that you got locked out of the email. That made total sense. I, I did uh, skim through the archives. It seems like everything is still up there now, but... Yeah, in, in, future, in a week or know. two, we might find out. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, it would be really funny if somehow this podcast remained untouched and it was sad in particular <laughs> that they started taking stuff down. Because I'm fine with that. Yeah. 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 No one... If, no if those archives DSU. go down, nobody cares. Yeah. Including me. I welcome it, in fact. <laughs> to just take them down. Erase all of them. <laughs> yeah. What do well, I care? I'd... 
I don't listen to these podcasts when we're done doing them. I barely pay attention when we're recording. What are you them. talking about? You, if anybody listened to them, it would be you. You're the one who's like, oh, as soon as I post them, you're there on the site looking to see what I wrote in the description to see if I talked That's about the your one thing hor- I... horrible gaslighting attempts at me, like last week when you tried to make me think that an episode of Yu Yu Hakusho in- was created by me in my mind. <laughs> No, I legitimately had no idea what you were talking about. Knives on feet in the desert is such a weirdly specific thing. It was not in the desert. I will will give that. I said it might have been in the desert. That was how I remembered it. Oh, well, it might have been in the desert. You hear that, everybody? It might have been in the desert. I, I did say that it was knives on their heels, which is true. And it was a pit fight situation, which is also true. So... Anyway, look forward to Eat our upcoming is what I'm saying. Hunk- Whoa! <laughs> Excuse you. I was going to drop a hint that we might be doing a Yu Yu Hakusho podcast, but now I don't know if I want to. <laughs> uh, look forward to maybe the Yu Yu Hakusho happening in the future. Uh, we haven't quite decided. I just, I that title's too good to go to waste, is it my is thinking. Well, we've now However, that we've put it in this podcast, it's, you know, kind of like a copyright thing. And if anybody else uses it, we can and will go after them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I looked to see if anybody else had done it, and surprisingly, nobody has. That's insane. But also, like, the thing with Yu Yu Hakusho is unlike Dragon Ball or this, where it's something that's ongoing and the franchise is still very much alive. Like, Yu Yu Hakusho was, like, one and done. He made oh, that series, have... he moved on. People have done Yu Yu Hakusho podcasts, I think, but nobody's used that title, was the main point. Oh, okay. Well, if you're not doing that, then, like, come on. It's right yeah. there. I'd be curious what podcast titles are using, but I don't want to give anybody, you know, free publicity. I so. actually don't remember. They were kind of generic. Um, okay. I will say, though, <laughs> the point with that, I feel like we're probably going to do it, but I do not guarantee we will finish it or even get halfway through it. I'm so I talked to you a bit about this and I am more familiar with where it goes after the dark tournament because I've seen the entire series about two times over now it gets pretty boring after yeah, a so while it's not even like bad in a really interesting way the thing for me is I really like that first season where they do the ghost detective stuff it's great it's yeah. fantastic one of the best shows of all time and then it gets to a dark tournament and it's like great this is like every other shonen thing yeah. ever and I lost interest and never continued watching I think there's some good bits during the dark tournament, and then there are some very low lows during it. So just it would be funny un- if we did it and then just stopped though at the dark tournament. And we're just like, all right, that's it. That's the show. That's how it should have been done. Uh, I do think that the first like stretch of Yu Yu Hakusho is incredibly good, and I really wish it was just more of that and didn't get like too deep into the fighting stuff. Did but the fighting know- stuff is fine for like a, a bit. Like the stuff yeah, with the yeah. Ginkai at the start of it is pretty good. I like that castle that they go to, like that first real villain that they fight. That stuff's good, but then after that, it gets more towards the dark tournament and it all just like falls apart. Yeah, the Togaros are good and everything. Yeah, you know what's yeah. really good? Part where they put knives on the ground on their heels and they fight. <laughs> I, I, That's my that, favorite part. I don't think that happens. <laughs> <laughs> we have a batch of four fantastic episodes of jojo's bizarre adventure talked right. about this week the first two in particular may just be my favorite episodes of jojo's B- bizarre adventure that we have watched period wow 
Yeah. Really? Well, it's got Batman in it. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> they talk about Batman. There's a lot of people pointing at the air and going, it's the famous superhero, Batman. Apparently in the manga it was Spider-Man. And you like kind of see a little bit of Spider-Man in it. But um, is yes. this just Revenge of Shinobi? What's going on? <laughs> That's why I was thinking. Um, th- this these these episodes bring a, a lot of the name changes into question here. Hell yes, it does. Uh, I kind of understand why they were able to get away with some of this and yeah. uh, why they are not with actual character names. We'll get into it. We should probably start with our little play by play thing here, which is. Jolene and Hermes and uh, Emporialis. Nope. That's not how it starts. Yeah, before the credits, they're they're out of prison. It starts with Poochie, but okay. Poochie's looking at the moon. Oh yeah, Poochie is looking at the moon, isn't but he? But yes, then it cuts to okay. Jolene and Hermes and Emporio. Yeah. This episode is not about Jolene and Hermes and Emporio, though. It is about Anasui and Weather Report, uh, who make a great team. They both realize that Jolene and everyone else has escaped from prison, and so Anasui is like, hey, Weather Report, my good, dear, best friend who I rely upon always and cherish, uh, let's go on a fun prison break adventure. Yeah. Just you and me. Where are they going? Were they looking for like Jolene and Hermes? Yes, so okay. Weather Report is able to track Jolene, and so they are right. trying to like catch up with the rest of the group. Uh, but then they also are sensing Poochie moving around. Uh, Poochie yeah, Weather is... Report, Weather Report seems to have a greater ability to sense other stand users and stuff than anyone else. Yeah, uh, and Poochie, meanwhile, he's going to Cape Canaveral. <laughs> he's in a car <laughs> with her... <laughs> So because you did this, um, I think last week, right? Or were you planning to do that this episode? No, it's last week. So because you talked to me about putting in that, like, the Simpsons, Cape Canaveral, we're going back to Winnipeg thing. The mm-hmm. fact that, like, Poochie was in this car being driven around <laughs> by this old cab driver. I could not get that out of my fucking head. Bart, can we stop for ice cream? <laughs> you gentlemen gonna buy some wigs? <laughs> Oh, a quick uh, note though, we get a new opening this episode. We do. I don't like it. Yeah, it's I like the, the second half a bit more. Um, but yeah, the first one is kind of eh. the sequence and stuff, like the actual animation, everything during it. I'm totally fine with the actual like theme itself. Just sounds very generic. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. I, when it picks up a little bit, it's better, but it's not nearly as good as the first one. Yeah, I, I the first one is like. Maybe in my top five favorite openings for JoJo's. I think top three. But yes, really? yeah, yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. we, yeah, we yeah. like it. Yeah, I like it. We like that. Yeah, I, pretty, I like pretty that. Good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> Whoa! Special guest star Germa chiming in. Pretty good. Um, that was very interesting. <laughs> what I just did right there. <laughs> The cab that they are in is quickly running out of fuel, and there are a bunch of uh, threes popping up. Like, the <laughs> mileage is 33.33 miles, just things well, like that. Fair, on the, fair on the cab. It's not mileage. Dumbass. Well, um, I'm scrubbing <laughs> through, his, and sometimes taxi Netflix, has like, only gone 33 miles? I, he's driving all the way to Cape Canaveral. But it's only been th- 33 miles. It says it's a 10-hour drive from car. Anyway... 
uh i this just made me think like poochie is like robin in the rehearsal like he's just seeing numbers everywhere and <laughs> deciding that they are connected yeah it's, this is just like that jim carrey movie the number 33 oh that's right <laughs> that's the name of that movie <laughs> yeah it is got it Poo- poochie shirtless playing a saxophone <laughs> Sweating under the glow of the moonlight. The, literally the one scene that I remember from that goddamn movie is that Jim Carrey saxophone scene. I've forgotten every single minute and every single second of the rest of that. I've never seen it. Don't. No, I, well, I'm not planning on it. Okay. It's really bad. One of Jim Carrey's worst. I would put that in his lowest five. What? Okay, what's your bottom five no, so Jim Carrey's? You were supposed to say I would put that in my lowest three. Uh, I'm trying to get you to tell me what's your bottom five carries. Oh, uh, okay. Um, that dark crimes one seemed really bad, but I haven't seen it. I'd have to look up his IMDb real quick. No, you and don't. Remind myself, but stop, uh, cl- stop clacking, stop clicking, <laughs> stop crackalacking. I've had it with you. The, it's not the prestige, even though I want to keep saying that. There was one about the like majestic. Yeah, that's like the, the bottom. I think. Yeah, that's pretty low. Mr. Um, Popper's Penguins. Yeah, I I, I mean, never liked uh, me myself and Irene. I, I like me myself do, and Irene. But, yeah. I think that movie would have been better if they included the deleted scene where he warms up the watermelon to fuck it. But that's just <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, that's true man. of everything. Yes, man is pretty bad. What about the um, Sonics? You love the Sonics. They're bad, but I don't know if I would put them in like my top worst jim carrey movies because the thing with the sonic movies is they're i don't think that they're bad movies they're just really mediocre okay they're they're inoffensive and not interesting but i wouldn't say that they're awful um eternal uh sunshine the spotlight that's pretty bad (laughs) Uh, moving on moving on um no i'm the drug cable addict guy, has woken up. I, real quick, though, I was going to oh. say Cable Guy. I think a bunch of people like really hate, and I've not seen that one. It's not bad. That's. I was thinking because like it's not quite in that period yet where Jim Carrey was just starring in a lot of crap. Yeah. No, it, it's good, but it is like a very different tone from the other movies, and that was like right after Ace Ventura and The Mask and stuff. So yeah. people uh, didn't react well to it. Anyway, the worst movie that he was in is Son of the Mask, of course. He's not in that. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen it. That stars uh, Jamie Kennedy and uh, Alan Cumming? Yeah, Alan Cumming plays Loki in that. That was during that period where Alan Cumming was just, like, tapping in for unnecessary sequels of movies that were popular, like, what, eight or ten years prior? Well. Didn't he? He was in one of the like Home Alones, wasn't he? No. Not that he. Was. I know who you're talking about, though. French Stewart in... is who I'm thinking of. Oh, I thought you were thinking of Home Alone three because there is like a guy who kind of looks like him in that. I think. Mm. Anyway, the drug addict is uh, going to the hospital. The drug addict is awake. <laughs> Drug addict is awake. Uh, there's a dude here who has a extremely messed up looking face and a beanie, 
and no nose. Yeah, he's got like a, a lump for a nose. It's, it's yeah. like a shark or something. His name is like a Ungolo? I think so. Ungolo? It only says it at the end of these two episodes, but yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, Ungolo. Boy, he's got that U tattooed under his eye so he doesn't forget his own weird sounding name. <laughs> yeah. There's also a, a body with a bullet holes in the leg. There are three mm-hmm. bodies here in general. Yeah, and like a. In doesn't total. like. I'm sure. What am I talking? Like a bullet oh, I've casing lost control falls. Of my life. <laughs> You're doing all right. No. <laughs> bullet casing falls out I of the sky. I might be watching and... you, you Haka show. <laughs> I'm not doing good. <laughs> so. Uncle O has Poochie hostage. Sound off in the comments if you want to hear <laughs> the Yu Yu Hakusho. I just, Uncle O has Poochie hostage. He has a pair of scissors next to Poochie's neck, and then Poochie is like, this is a faded meeting. What if I drive these scissors into my neck? It's fine, though, because, you know, he, he leaves it a couple of millimeters away from any vital spots. Yeah, but don't think too much about the fact that he is talking a lot while it's about a millimeter away from hitting his artery. No, of course you not. You know, moving his neck around a whole bunch. Uh-huh. And then uh, leaving it up to him, like, yeah, you want to wiggle the scissors around a little bit or what? Uh, Ungolo panics and uh, his hand jumps a little bit and then this part ends. Yeah. Join us next week where we talk about part seven. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm trying to like. Oh, the cops shoot him. Yeah, no, I just I had a moment where it's like the uh, guy from the sign. Stop like the clicking. Don't, the don't walk sign. Get an iPad like me so you can swipe your finger around and then sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> well, considering all the trouble that you had getting in there because of the stuff that Netflix changed. Maybe that's not a good idea. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't share my account, though. I, I don't know. It was just something with the app today. Didn't want to connect. Yeah. So. I'm not going to let start, you in my account. Are you kidding me? We start seeing you various figures. You already used Disney Plus, and then you were like, oh, I've still got like a couple of weeks left on it. I so I thought, okay, I can finish like Andor later. And then it ran out like that day or the sure. next day. And so then I was like, well, podcast, now I have to go somewhere so else to, talk about to watch the rest of Andor. And not rank him carry movies. Oh, uh, yeah, you're done? No! Figures, <laughs> figures are disappearing from signs. It's very mysterious. May or may not be a stand power. Who could say? Anyway, <laughs> Who here's this when literal st- elf. Here's a stick man from the sign dragging this guy into the bushes as he has a uh, Dio Brando. Well, he's got, well the Joe Star star on his neck now. Yes, that's right. Uh, I really like this little elfish dude who's giving Weather Report and Anasui a ride. He's like three <laughs> feet tall, uh-huh. has the pointiest ears we've seen so far, and a tiny hat that looks like it came out of that skit from Tim and Eric Awesome Show about the <laughs> tiny hats. Yes, it does. There's our uh, quota for the episode, by the way. <laughs> when I was watching this, I knew immediately there's the Tim and Eric quota getting fulfilled in real time. Uh, they're going to hop in the gu- the back of this guy's truck and uh, take way, it over to where they're. Note here, stuff. Uh, uh-huh. 
when the uh, obviously the guards of the cops are on the manhunt to find uh, the very incognito weather report in Anasui and they say uh, something like well we don't have the green dolphin street logo on our backs anymore so we should have a little bit of freedom moving around <laughs> one they never wore uniforms to begin with two they are the most distinct looking people you could possibly imagine <laughs> Yeah, you'd be busy trying to figure out whether one of them has a hat on or hair, and then you would recognize <laughs> him from the news because you're staring so much. Yeah. Anyway, I do like the idea that all they have to do is, like, when you break out of prison, if you just, like, paint over the back of your prison uniform that says the name of the prison on it, like, you're good to go. That would have been a good bit, though, like, if they had done exactly that and cop stopped him and was like, wait a second, you look a lot like that pink-haired guy wearing a mesh shirt that escaped from the prison. Let me check. Oh, well, no, okay, well, there's just a big splotch here where the logo was, so uh, it can't be you. Good day. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that's how uh, Dahmer got away. Probably. Right? Wasn't he the one that broke out of prison, or am I thinking of another serial uh, killer? That, um, that was uh, BTK, I think. Okay, well, you know, maybe that's what BTK did. Maybe Iraqi <laughs> read about this in a book about him and was like, oh, well, apparently all you gotta do to escape from prison to cover that up. Uh, but yeah, they're gonna hop in the back of this guy's truck and, and go on a ride uh, towards where they're sensing all this stuff going down. Um but while they are back there and by the way there's a cute little part where uh weather report clears the rain around the little elf man so it makes us oh, me yeah. feel better it was yeah. nice anyway i'm sure that guy will continue to be <laughs> very nice and cool and awesome towards weather report and Anasui for the rest of the episode well, he probably of. wouldn't probably wouldn't like turn into a wolf and try to eat one of them <laughs> or anything that'd be weird yeah <laughs> Uh, but there's like a bunch of uh, books and magazines in the back of this truck, and Anasui picks one up when he notices that the mascot from this inconspicuous park in Orlando, Florida, <laughs> is no longer displayed on the front of it. This very strange moon shape is now missing. Well, it's funny, because he like picks it up and he's just like, oh, dude, check this out, I used to love this park. Have you ever seen the mascot for it? And then opens it up, the mascot is gone, and Anasui's first, like thought is this guidebook is a piece of crap <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't doesn't even got the characters printed in it what the hell it is kind of like a beavis and butthead bit like he would pick it up and just be like uh this book sucks <laughs> <laughs> and they both get um, eaten by like dwarves i do like though that the guidebook on the back cover has the word jojo written on it and that it is also volume six of yeah. these guidebooks so i think that's a fun cute little thing to put in there uh anyway a cartoon character is now loose in the back of this truck <laughs> zipping mm -hmm. between boxes turns out it's pinocchio from this apparently like public domain theme park it's a different thing um there was a like I said, the guide had um, it's like it, I think it was like the DreamWorks logo. This was like a kid on the moon. Oh right, there's the, the, yeah, there's the, different. The book Pinocchio different one was a separate okay. book. I probably just got a little bit confused about that, but like to be fair, there's a lot of like public domain theme parks <laughs> yes. in America. Come on down to Santa's Village. Nobody owns Santa. That's why we're able to get away with this. Uh huh. Um. 
Yeah, also just like really generic, shitty, tiny amusement parks that are probably super unsafe. Oh yeah, horrible death traps, all of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they're fun, though. It's like, you get in the roller coaster that's like kind of launching off the track a little bit on one side, and like, the attendant there is clearly not paying attention, and the button to like emergency stop the ride is like clearly like there's a wire cut leading to it and then like the thing that gets you is just you bump into like a nail yeah you get like a staph infection <laughs> i was thinking it's more like you get like a back injury that's minor at the time but ends up crippling you later in life <laughs> you never realize oh it was because of that ride at santa's workshop that's only if you participate in a game at some sort of streamer convention oh yeah that was in poor taste. I'm sorry. <laughs> let well, let me take a not second. Not as bad that. as the <laughs> kidnapping <laughs> thing. Holy crap! <laughs> Forgot about that. I tried to push that out of my memory. Um, no, the the worst. Uh, let me take another pass at that. That only happens when you pick up a Pinocchio doll at the amusement park and its nose nearly takes your eye out. Oh, so yeah. true. Because it's lion. <laughs> Um, I do like how like abrasive and threatening Anasui is to this Pinocchio puppet. <laughs> yes, I do too. <laughs> the entire time, just like grabbing it by the neck and the nose and shaking it around, and like later just, in like, the episode, smacking it in the head a few times. <laughs> well, like later in the episode, the puppet isn't being antagonistic; it's just being friendly towards everybody. And there's like bits where he's going up to Weather Report and going like. Hey, you remember me? Aren't I one of your favorite characters? And then Anasui will just fucking grab it and start shaking <laughs> it and punching yeah. it. <laughs> also, Pinocchio, as like rendered through the imagination of Hirohiko Araki, looks terrifying. <laughs> it does. It has like a cat mouth, kind of. Yeah, a little tiny, sharp razor blade teeth. A lot of like Giant eyes nodules and ridges along its body including a little uh, penis bump yeah just like a little spike down there and just give him a little lump yeah uh snow white and the seven dwarves are also back here and i really like that uh they point out snow white is currently asleep and she just falls out of a box like a dead body <laughs> yes the dwarves <laughs> note that they are fans of the t-1000 from terminator and, and Chewbacca. Yeah. So this was the point where I was like way into this episode was the <laughs> seven dwarves show up and just start listing media properties that they're fans of completely <laughs> unprompted. They all they also make sure you know that their relationship with Snow White is purely platonic. <laughs> they don't want to fuck her. They no, perish the thought. Of course not. They would never stick their weird little dicks inside of an unconscious woman. <laughs> Why would you think that of them? Uh, also, the dwarves are incredibly tiny. They're like little yeah, teeny they're, they're tiny. Yeah, they're like pixies. Yeah, they're little sprites that are just kind of crawling around. Uh, and all of their heads are horrifically misshapen, and some of them are just like missing eyeballs. All of them are. All of them have one eye. Oh, they do. I'm kind of scrubbing back through. You're right. Yeah, that's the. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know why Iraqi would do that. Um, they also offer an apple and. Uh, <laughs> continually reassure them this would not be poisoned like it is in the book 
Yeah, this part where um, then Weather Report's just chomping on the apple reading a book and Pinocchio is talking to him. Anna Sweet just walks over and grabs Pinocchio by the throat. It's like, hey, give me that book. I had it first. Um, anyway, Anna Sui is now underneath the fucking car. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> yeah, he wonders why Weather Report like, won't acknowledge him and then looks and he's under the car, like yeah, getting beaten around by the tires. Yeah, he's like sucked into the wheel of the car. Um, this is good too because I'm not sure exactly how he would have fallen out of the car to begin with and then also got <laughs> sucked know. under that wheel. It's just this like sudden cut to like, hey, wait a second. That's my body. Yep. Uh, he also cannot communicate with the guy who's driving the car, who also eventually disappears, uh, leaving Weather Report as basically the sole intact occupant of this vehicle, which is now careening out of control. Uh, yeah, like the driver, he, he's watching one of the little dwarves dance in his hand, having a good time. Yeah. Uh, everyone's now flying out of the car. <laughs> Yes, they just immediately smash into like a light pole or something again an intersection. Um, but so I'm trying to figure out the names of all these characters that fly by. I'm like going ahead it's, in the um, timeline. It's real Astro quick. Boy, Gigantor, yeah, Boy. and Mazinger. Okay, thank you. I knew Mazinger, and I was I was blanking on Giganto. Um, blanked on Astro yeah, Boy. No, no, no. I knew I knew Astro. Okay, Boy, but. So the the doors are all having a... original name like Tet Tetsujin something. It's a number, I think. It's twenty eight. Okay. I remember the number. Okay, and I remember Tetsujin the number for 28? a very. I remember the number for a very stupid reason. I'm going to say there's, what that reason is. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of references to that anime in particular in Akira. Uh, oh. Some of the numbers that the espers are designated are numbers that are relevant to that show, and then. I believe there's characters named Kanida and Tetsuo in that, and that was specifically what he was taking those names from. Hmm. Um, okay. Because, like, Tetsuo and Kanida's names, like, their full names, I don't think are really given in the manga, but if I remember right, their full names are the same exact full names as those corresponding characters. So, it's... Okay. I mean, that's not really a stupid reason. No, well... It, it's more that I should know more about this anime that is, in fact, incredibly influential and important, but I don't. Meh. I only know about it from another incredibly influential <laughs> anime that was yeah. written by someone who happened to be a big fan of it. Um, but yeah, I so this episode's already making reference to all these like public domain characters, and I thought, that, like, okay, that's the, the direction they're going to go in with right. this. This is all going to be fairy tale characters. And then just, here's a bunch of anime characters drawn and depicted exactly as they are yeah. in Japanese media just flying around through the air for this one sight gag like that's the thing yes it starts with the public domain ones and then there's a bit on the radio where they mention Batman and yeah th so I thought okay well maybe they can mention them and then yeah you just see Astro Boy <laughs> like flying by it's pretty good I like the line they're Japanese they've got some cool designs but they're totally overrated <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part is later on going ahead but there is a uh a news station in the u.s talking about how tokyo has been destroyed because of fight between kinshiro and rao yes. and then they're just they reaffirm this is just like in the original story <laughs> yes you know because all the people in florida would be very familiar with kinshiro and rao 
Well, it is a so it is a part of how the stand works is that all these fictional characters as they are brought in will basically behave in ways that are accurate to the stories that they came from and yes. that if somebody is participatory in their story, the story will play out the way that it should. Um Right, Pinocchio yeah, they, says something like you've been drawn into this because you want to be a part of our world or something like that. Yeah. Uh Anasui is disembodied now he is part of the fantasy world his physical body is still animated and is apparently just moving around autonomously um yeah i can't remember did they give a reason for why his physical body is moving? is no. there like another fantasy character that's inhabiting it or something no i don't think so okay that would have been a funny thing to have in there yeah yeah i think oh, jack be nimble like have him be inhabiting the body or something <laughs> I there was a moment where I thought it was Snow White was in his body, mm. and that we were going to get we were going to get some funny stuff about like Anasui coming on to Weather Report, and I was looking forward to that, and then it didn't happen. Really, you were looking forward to that? I may have looked some stuff up <laughs> on the internet afterwards. I'm not proud of it. Okay. <laughs> I yeah, you know what? I ship Anasui and Weather Report. What of it? What of it? <laughs> Don't, the old guy, the the old guy's treatment. talking to Anasui here. Say something uh, about this. The old, the old guy's talking to him. Yeah, uh, and well, the old guy is just like, uh, "Hey, anyway, please don't look at my mouth. It's real big now. It's a dog's mouth. I'm going to eat you." <laughs> <laughs> don't look at my nails. They're very sharp. And my ta my ta that's not a tail. It's a duster. Let me dust yeah, you off. So there's. There's this really good comedy bit that these two knuckleheads are doing where, like, the old man is trying to be very coy about the fact that he's the big bad wolf and that he is turning into a wolf. And Anasui, a himbo, is unable to piece all this together, <laughs> even though he sees this guy has dog ears, claws, and a tail. And, yeah, the tail bit's my favorite where he's just like, uh, you got something, like, coming out of your butt, man. What is that? <laughs> I mean, it's just the what big eyes you have thing. Like, that's all they're doing. It is. I understand the reason for it, but specifically when it comes to Anasui's character, it's very easy to accept the reason for this happening is that Anasui is very dumb. Yes. Like, as opposed to it being he's playing along with the fantasy, which is how the stand actually does operate and is most certainly what's going on. Yeah. I just like that he's very stupid. Anyway, he cuts this guy's head off uh, because that's how the story goes. <laughs> My competitor is a liar! Cut his head off! Uh, but yeah, so that at, there at this... are a lot of clip, a lot of clips, a lot of bits of them saying in the Japanese one, uh, "story dore da," which I guess means it's how the story goes. I was again kind of bouncing back and forth between the oh, dub yeah, and the of sub. You are. But I wound up sticking with the sub because the voice actor for Anasui is very good and him getting pissed off at fantasy characters was great. There's a lot of him just grabbing Pinocchio and going, listen here, you fantasy fuck. <laughs> okay. There's, I'm, I'm not going to say he's as good with the fucks as Timothy Oliphant, but he's pretty good mm. on the fucks. Uh, I would encourage you to go back and watch maybe a few bits of this in English uh, to find out for yourself. But... I will not do that. That'd be I'm a not betrayal. saying. <laughs> oh, okay, right. I forgot you're so loyal to the Japanese dub. I am. How dare I imply that you would go back and watch two minutes of this anime in English? That That's would just right. be. Thank you for admitting your mistake, your wrongdoing. <laughs> Are you ashamed of your words and deeds? No. 
Absolutely not. All right. Uh, anyway, is I'll be watching Walter. Yu Yu show with the dubs because <laughs> I can only imagine the ge- you gotta have Kuwabara going Yusuke. You're a meshi. You're a meshi. Oh man, he's so good. <laughs> That's exactly what he sounds like. I haven't watched the show in quite a while. Give it to me again. <laughs> why is Kurapara in hospice? You know, why does he sound like an old man? He's been intubated. You you always get on me about how terrible my impressions are. <laughs> that is a positively George level impression. It's not real. Is it, what, it's actually like you're you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> you scared. <laughs> no, I really can't do it. Every time you start, you sound like a cat that's coughing something up. <laughs> no, here, hold on. Let me do my uh, Larry doing Kuabara. you <laughs> Hirachi. <laughs> Oh, jeez, I did spit something up. Congratulations. Oh, that cleared my throat. Really, out. no, I, I really I don't actually remember what he sounds like. Hey, he sounds like a. Uh, you're a meshy. Uh, I can't do you're it. You're a meshy. Like no, that? that's that's getting closer to salt snake. Uh, you're a meshy. <laughs> you're a good. meshy. That's pretty good. Uh, there's a char- there's a character later on in this set, as far as the English dub goes, that has like an inflection in his voice that actually does sound a bit like Solid Snake. Okay, I think it's I I'll think never it's, find it's, out. It's a uh, Rikiel has a bit of like the way that like uh, David Hader ends lines as Snake, where he has that kind of like exhale, yeah. ex- exhale at the end yeah. of it. Like he does that same thing. Um. Anyway, Anasui is chasing after his body. That's just like running around for no apparent reason, like just sprinting through shops and stuff. Um, and there's this good bit of uh, the the shop owner like is able to see him because he is also sucked into the fantasy. This weird little Italian shop owner who is also like three feet tall. Yes. Um, and so Anasui is just like, no, 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 wait, please don't call the cops on me. I need some information. I'll give you as much money as you want. And so he's using uh, Diver Down to like phase through the wall near the register and empty the register out <laughs> yeah. and hand the money to Anasui to slip through the door. Yes. At one point he's just like, how much money do you want? And just like keeps feeding more and more of the money, just looping around through the it's register. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, and he, so the guy takes the bribe and starts to help him out and Anasui sees his body running through the back of the store. Um, but the cops end up showing up. <laughs> they see him from behind. And they're, they're like, well, you matched the description. We need you to, like, turn around so we can identify you. Like, put turn your hands in the around. air. Uh, and when Anasui does, he has used Diver, da- Diver Down to shove a bunch of, like, chocolates under his flesh. So he has this horrible misshapen face. Yep. Here's He looks kind of like handsome old... Squidward or something. Like, it's horrible. <laughs> He looks like he's aged 20 years, but the rest of his body is still buff. Yeah. Uh, it's 
gross looking and then like he's still running around he's just got all these like tumorous masses of chocolate under his skin yeah um, and then that's when the cops are like oh no sorry must be we're looking for somebody else with pink hair and that same hat and uh that exact same outfit. On, on their chest yeah yeah, uh, who also has very pink lips and uh, is wearing a little hat and is like six foot six. Uh huh. Couldn't possibly be you though, because you're not handsome. No, you're all lumpy. <laughs> you're a lumpy yeah. boy. Well, he did. Well, the reports didn't say anything about him being lumpy. They did describe his face in excruciating detail, and this guy doesn't match that at all. I mean, they have a photo. They do have. Yes, yeah, they get, they're straight they up looking the... at the photo and then the back at photo. Home. He's a prison inmate. They have photos. Oh, I thought that it was just that the guy called him and described what Anasui looked like. It, look, it's been like, it's been five days since I watched this. We were supposed to record this yesterday, and you were just like, "Hey, would work better for me if we did Thursday." And I had all the episodes done, and I wasn't rewatching all of them again. Does it matter? You watched it like five days ago. You said, "What's one more?" The day little there? tiny chocolate shop man is now married <laughs> to Snow White. He's on a little tiny white horse. Uh, you can tell crown. exactly. You can tell exactly how big this guy is because the dwarves are near him, and we already had like a point of comparison for how big they are. So this dude is short. I really like that he says, I don't need my body anymore. <laughs> I'll just live in my dreams. Snow White, my darling, and rides off with her. <laughs> you know what? I'm happy for him. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Snow Don't White is also long, but... drawn in a very distressingly strange way. Well. She yeah. has, like, this really big head and then, like, an adult also human's face and, like, a child's body. Um... I also do like when they're like writing off, they're chanting just like the story, just like the story. Yeah. So the story um, goes. Story yeah. dory da. So Anasui's got a problem, and it's that I guess he's run into uh what's the name of this fairy tale with the goat family? I don't, I don't think uh, I don't know that it really has a name. I think so, it's just like the the goats. Like like <laughs> I've never heard of this fairy tale. Wolf and the Goats or something like that. Would you mind looking it up for me? Because okay. there's one there's one specific thing I'm curious about, and it's that so I don't I've never heard this story before, but my grandmother is a tiny little German lady and she would always read me German fables when I was a kid, and this shit sounds like some German fairy tale yeah, crap. Definitely. It That's is, it's like grim fairy tales, like original yeah it's horrific the way that the the story goes basically is that a wolf ate uh this goat's young right or was it its siblings uh wolf and the seven young goats uh is a fairy tale collected by the brothers Grimm, published in Grimm's fairy tales um obvious resemblance to three little pigs Uh, why is it it is of arn thompson type one two three (laughs) This tale has resemblance to the Three Little Pigs and other Type One Two Four folk tales. Why are they like doing SCP notations was, for fairy tales? I was just want to say I did not know that they had SP, SCP level like classifications <laughs> for fairy tales. Um, the rescue of the kids from the wolf's belly as punishment by filling him with stones can be compared to the rescue and revenge of Little Red Cap against the wolf, Arn Thompson Type Three Three Three. 
the little goat you see is a Ketra class entity. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. The big bad wolf has escaped containment. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you could have like a whole bunch of. Well, they sent like people in to test the goat, but then they would find them with stones in their belly, and then like eighty percent mm-hmm. of the story is just black bars. So you can't read any of it. Yeah, you know, use it as a crutch. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, so the, the basic way that story goes is one of the goats uh, finds the rest of its family has been eaten by the wolf, and so it cuts the wolf's belly open with a pair of shears, pulls the body parts out of the other eaten goats, and then replaces them with stones and throws the wolf in a lake so it sinks to the bottom and drowns. Yep. Horrible. Brutal. This is some JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 1 level shit. Like, this Uh is just grotesque. Uh, This goat is going to do it to Anasui because Anasui has filled the role of the wolf in this story. And so he's now being hunted by this goat. And also he's, like, growing wolf parts. Because they changed the um, pieces of chocolate he put in his face to be goats. So now he has technically, like, consumed the goats or something. Yeah. Also, these goats look terrible. God, yeah. These are like even more weird and disturbing looking than Pinocchio. Yeah. They don't look like goats. No, they don't. One. They look like horrible little goblins uh, that walk on four legs. Looks like he got hit on the head with a frying pan, you know, and a bump came up on his head, like yeah. past where the fur is. Same on the tail. Uh, he's got those sort of stand type eyes with the bars on him. He's like constantly crying. Yeah, like a horrible, like, elongated face and it's big a real nose. Good, it's a real good design, though. It's like a humanoid nose, too. Yeah, it's. Well, I mean, that's kind of just the thing with the Rocky in general, which we've like already learned from Iggy, is the way that he draws animals is like to imprint very humanoid features well, onto but, them. But he draws Iggy like a normal dog at first, and at it's just when he's using the stand, then he yeah. becomes that. But he kind of, yeah, he pushes more in that direction. And these are very Iggy-esque to me in that they do have those sort of human qualities, like the way that the nose is shaped. Yeah. But, like, they're they're very unique designs, and I like them. They're mm-hmm. terrifying, and they do not look like goats. But <laughs> no. I do like how they look. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Anasui, as he is going through the process of becoming a furry, uh, weather <laughs> report is still... Fur, his, his mouth is all messed up, but it's just like the story. In order to save Jolene, Anasui will have to become (laughs) a furry. Uh, Weather Report is still looking around for Anasui when he runs into famed fictional character (laughs) Vincent Van Gogh. This was so funny to me where I was like, wait a second, does Araki think Vincent Van Gogh is not real? (laughs) I get the idea is that pretty much any any piece of art essentially is, is what is being affected. So a a painting of Vincent Van Gogh, such as the, the very famous self-portrait, right, can come to life. So, uh, because yes, it's not technically it's not Vincent Van Gogh. It is that painting of Vincent Van Gogh. Exactly, because he also talks about like this famous artist that he knows, and and basically runs through like the story of Vincent Van Gogh, where he's like, yeah, dude, uh, like cut his ear off, and then he painted one more painting, and then he shot himself in the head. Uh, the Twice. first time it didn't work out So guess what, he did it again uh, Anyway, weather report You're becoming Vincent Van Gogh <laughs> I think he says something like Now you are a Van Gogh or something And then his ear starts <laughs> melting off Yeah, he gets uh, shot in the head once By a uh, like, revolver 
Well, he, and um, he like gives him a paintbrush, which then just shoots a bullet at his head. Yeah, and then turns into a gun. Uh, and so the 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 tension here is created from knowing that the first bullet isn't going to be enough to kill him, but the second one will. Uh, even though he has had a bullet run through his head, Weatherport is still capable of moving around and thinking. I I feel like it probably should have fucked him up more than this. Yeah, but okay. I think so. I mean, I mean it, Van Gogh was able to shoot happen. himself a second time, so... Like, the, the thing is, like, yes, you actually don't want to shoot people in the head generally if you're trying to kill them because the curvature of the skull can make the bullet just, like, go around and out the other side and not actually do anything. It's weird. It's not common, but it can happen. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why you uh, do it like Courtney Love and you use a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Kirk Cobain, and then I remember that's not how that went down at all. <laughs> if Mark Wahlberg had been there, when it gone down the way it did, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg just beating the shit out of Courtney Love. Yeah, I mean, I, you think he wouldn't be do way it? into that? No, I think he would. I wish that happened. Come here, you whore. <laughs> I thought he said Mark Wahlberg, not a Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why it came out as Kennedy slash Mayor Quimby, but you know, I don't know either. But it's really good. Yeah. Uh, well, I was so trying I'm... to do the like the Boston car sound, and it, I don't know. Yeah, no, I get you. I'm not yeah. good at doing accents either. Um, I had some more time to a... work on it. I could get it. There's a real good bit where uh, Anasui is using Diver Down to get out of this like room he's locked himself in while avoiding the goat, and he flies out the window and catches onto the back of the police car that the cops from earlier were driving. Except now the cops are also being absorbed into the fairy tale world, uh, and they are one of them's like wearing a, a bear headdress thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell I if they were like to starting to transform. He specifically says like they're the ones from before, but they don't look like. In fact, I think one of them was a lady now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm Maybe sorry, weather I'm just, like, reports just the, confused. Yeah, I was looking at the bit again and trying to like piece together what they're supposed to be from, but I have absolutely no idea. I'm sure they're like on the wiki or something. They probably say, but whatever. It's Maybe. not important. Uh, what is important is that Weather Report has now sensed where the stand user is. As he has been this entire time, he's been kind of following around and tracking him, and like the direction's been changing. The reason for that is he is in an airplane. Yeah. Which, as far as like long range stand users go, this actually seems like a pretty good idea to like just put yourself in an airplane and let your stand take care of anything. Yep. So it's also kind of strange that this random like drug addict that Poochie gave power to is. Like one of the most powerful stands we've ever seen because it affects like everything on earth there's a reason for that you know there's a reason for that we'll get to that because i think it's an i think they reveal that in this episode that happens next i want to say or no maybe they do in this one because there's that that flashback that happens after they reveal that he's on the plane where it's just like check out the cgi work of sperm that we had done uh, we're David Production. We get it done. <laughs> oh well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Because the the thing here is, but like, 
you could say yeah it's because they're like sons of dio and all of that i guess but we should just look, get look at the guy now. in the next one come on it sucks we should, we should just get into that i just i'm going to get into this now and explain what's going on here because we don't get the full explanation until this huge info dump that happens at the end of this set of episodes but uh what's going on is that dio uh liked to sleep around he had not just one illegitimate what? son who was the star part five giorno giovanna maybe you've heard of him i hear he has donuts for hair <laughs> some say that he likes to show his nipple just the one uh he also dio has at least three other sons uh, except all these sons were made with jonathan's body that dio hijacks and technically that also makes them joestars which is why they have the joestar birthmark poochie has the joestar birthmark because he absorbed the green baby which is in some way shape or form dio which means that now poochie is also technically physically a a jojo and also weather report as we find out a little bit later is poochie's biological brother which is why Pucci has the birthmark because Pucci is now also technically a JoJo. What's happening is all of the Joe stars in particular are able to sense each other. Just like Joseph was in part two when he was able to sense Dio. If, if Pucci is physically part Dio now, then that makes him like the great, great, great grandfather of Jolene, which would make like Weather Report her great, great, great grandfather. It's a mess. I don't know. I lost track a long time ago. CGI sperm hits an egg. Uh, that's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> CGI sperm hits an egg <laughs> millions of years ago. Uh, this guy's on a plane and uh, Aladdin and the genie are flying nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's because a girl on the plane is reading uh, the the Aladdin book, and yeah. he he comes over and he's like, "Look here, you little shit! Give me this book! <laughs> Fuck you!" But then he sees that Aladdin is back on it. Which, by the way, Ungolo and the only other sole passenger on this plane who is a little girl who happens to be seated directly across from him, because when <laughs> yeah. he stands up, there's nobody else on that plane. You know, that's like a Home Alone two situation. Which, like, I wonder whether that's just David production was like, we didn't want to draw all the other passengers on the plane, or if it was Rocky going, I don't want to draw all the other passengers on the plane, but one way or the other. I uh, feel like it must be how it was originally, because there are plenty of people on a plane later on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Weather Report runs towards a cop car, and a JPEG of Anasui comes out at him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even know what was happening there. I don't. It like it opens like pages of a book. David Production spent all their money rendering that sperm, so they just had to use the still frame of Anasui. Which, by the way, like in the next like next cut, they're still using the same JPEG of him, but now like Weather Report's holding on to him and flying through the air. Uh, it's important that you use every part of the JPEG. Yeah. Uh, but they're starting to fly towards the gun uh, that is fated to shoot Weather Report in the head. Which it does. But Weather Report already enacted his plan, which was to draw his own fictional character on the ground and mentally come up with a backstory for that character, knowing that everything would play out exactly the same way in the story. And this character is Luigi from Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> it's it's uh, has... put back man. <laughs> 
such a good name it's not the best part i think is not that weather report drew it he made van gogh draw it actually oh yeah 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 because weather Um, report can't draw (laughs) (laughs) well he's becoming a van gogh so i think he could be given the power yeah maybe well maybe that maybe i thought that's what happened i thought he forced the other van gogh to draw it I thought that because he was becoming a Van Gogh, he gained the power of drawing and used that to his advantage. That could be. Uh, which is very good and convenient that he ran into Vincent Van Gogh specifically. <laughs> yes. Because otherwise they would have been fucked. Yeah. So it starts uh, sucking in all of the fictional characters just as uh, yeah. Anasui and Weather Report are fading away as the story goes. It's... There's a good bit where it's sucking in Anasui and Weather Report, and Anasui's just like, oh god, fuck no, and Weather Report's <laughs> like, it's fine, actually, because in the story that I wrote, basically we're just going to go back into our bodies. Yeah. So it's cool, we're not going to die. Um, quick thinking on Weather Report's part, actually. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Ungolo got king sharked from this experience. <laughs> Nobody knows what that means. Um, yeah, we explained it once, it might have been in Stand and Deliver. King Shark is a creative way. Destroy all children. Uh, um, yes, it. Like, King Shark is when you make somebody really dumb when they yeah. weren't dumb before because exactly. uh, that's what they did in the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, King Shark's not supposed to be like that. No, um, I saw bit... the Harley Quinn cartoon. I know what King Shark is. <laughs> yeah, that's like. what King Shark's like. Um, but there's a, a quick bit where he is listening on his uh, well. He's not doing much listening anymore, but his headphones are playing a news report that says that all of the fictional characters are back. Uh, this includes Mona Lisa, Snow White, Batman, and Tweety. <laughs> the thing that I like about this is that they've been reporting on Batman in particular. They've been reporting on specific characters. So I like this idea that Tweety in particular has caused some sort of mayhem that is <laughs> yeah. worthy of reporting. Yeah. Imagine like what Tweety... Mona Lisa's been up to. Oh no, well, we know what a lot of characters get up to when the Mona Lisa is around uh, in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, so the mind can only wander. <laughs> um, anyway, we cut over to the home of uh, Romeo, Jolene's uh, former b- boyfriend, who, not Romeo, the fictional character Romeo, that would... No, he would have been put different... back by Put-Back Man. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, Put Romeo would be. Man is like an ill bleed character. <laughs> what is the identity of Putback Man? Is it Weather Report, Anasui, Jolene, Putback Man? The answer was Putback Man <laughs> is Putback Man. <laughs> uh, Pinocchio is a wood puppet. <laughs> That's true. It's time to become puppet again. Oh, dummy no, again. Time, time to, to become, become dummy, dummy again. again. Yeah. Actually, you know what? The uh, Sonic the Hedgehog or whatever they did at the end of that? Yeah. That's a Hirohiko Araki version of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, it is. Way it's way was. cooler. Yes, it is. Uh, Jolene has showed up at the home of Romeo, which if we're you know, going back to the start of this whole part, is the guy who set her up for murder and was formerly her boyfriend. Well, he didn't really. He was part of the plot. They paid him to. But, but he also didn't do what know they needed him to do. at the time. Because they don't they have the part where the lawyer lied to him. 
it's been so long ago now i don't quite remember all the details but the i point think is the point he was, was still... he said like they were both going to go free and then later it's like oh no she's going away and then he's like wait what maybe maybe that's what it is at the very least though he's complicit in yeah, getting yeah. her sent to jail he's, he's knowingly played it. a part yeah and uh jolene has picked up a picture of him in his car uh which you know i have pictures of me and my avalon all over the place <laughs> It's a totally normal thing. Uh-huh. I, lo- I love my 2003 Apple one. Uh, <laughs> I do like the shot of Jolene picking it up. She's kind of leaning in a way that makes it look like she's leaning against something. And then when they pull out, it's like, no, she's just doing a really weird pose. Yeah. It kind of looks like here, like Araki was trying to draw her within a certain size of panel and he didn't have enough room to draw her entire body. So she had to do like weird pose to fit in. It's awkward. This is one of the worst like JoJo poses I think I've ever seen. I liked it. (laughs) I I I, thought it was really funny. It's funny, but it's funny to me because it's bad. Um, Oh, well, I'd like to see you do a better pose. I have uh, been drawing JoJo poses for the podcast art for quite some time. None of them are as good as that. That's... I would (laughs) have rather you just set my arts up. (laughs) That's very yeah, insulting. Yeah, it's a very weird <laughs> pose, but I thought it, it was is. funny because it specifically has a dramatic like thung, <laughs> like <laughs> zoom out. Uh, but Romeo is begging for forgiveness. He says that he is a changed man. That he regrets Looks doing like what he just he got did. off a horse for like hours, <laughs> bow legged, and yeah. yeah. Uh, he's begging for forgiveness, and uh, Jolene is here because she basically needs keys for a ride. So Jolene needs money. <laughs> Jolene needs a helicopter. <laughs> Give Jolene a helicopter, Romeo. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but also, Hermes has given Jolene a sticker to place on his tongue just in case <laughs> he decides to rat them out. They can take the sticker off and fuck him up. Uh, and they also because they have his tongue, they can like I guess hear him from a distance. Sure, that's not how quite work. how that works. <laughs> um, but like, he's on I, the phone. I thought she had just like put a string in there, and like she does when they have to listen to anybody else. Yeah, but it's just uh, the sticker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and so he's on the phone with the cops, and he's just like, hey. Uh, escaped convict Jolene Cujo was here at my home. And so there's this moment where they're like, oh, that son of a bitch, we're going to have to take this sticker off. Uh, and then he says that she said she was going to Mexico. And oh, so he's just... No, he he just says, like, I have to report something about a convict. And he says that she uh, she wasn't there. She called him and said he was uh, she was going to Mexico. Okay, right. But point is, he yeah. provides cover for her, yeah, which yeah. is proof that everything that he said was at least on some level genuine that yeah. he's regretful for what he did uh and then jolene's like let's take the sticker off anyway <laughs> well they have to like they can't just keep going around like with a duplicate they tongue they just toss it into like uh, a bush <laughs> it'll come off eventually they could like get a little bit closer so it's not flying like 300 feet towards his face where it's going to do like the maximum amount of damage like that that's why i was wondering like is there any way for them to take it off without that happening apparently not no because you just hear him in the back going like oh (laughs) (laughs) that's what they say in the dub because they started using the fuck word a whole bunch um, yeah, because I wrote it. Um, they've tuned. Uh, they've uh, 
It tuned it down in the subs, at least. It's still there, but not nearly as much as it was for a little while. Like I say, Anasui is dropping the fuck word constantly in these two yeah, episodes. And don't care for it. Actually, pretty good every time that he does. Don't them. like it. Um, the, crude. Romeo just Rude. has a Romeo just has a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, and gave her the keys <laughs> for it, and the baby wants to pilot it. <laughs> baby, want to go up? <laughs> and everybody is just fine with that. <laughs> Let's let Emporio pilot it. It's fine. He is in his little, little ghost room and apparently has a manual on how to pilot this specific helicopter and he's been reading it since he was like three years old. He knows how to pilot it. I really like how there's a quick line where they say like, yeah this autopilot thing works great. That's not how it works by the way. You still have to do things yourself. Ah, I watched that Tom Scott video and you don't really gotta do a whole lot. Who's Tom Scott? He's the he's the guy who's just he's the British guy who's like I'm I'm outside of this thing. <laughs> oh, that that guy. Okay. <laughs> Was what that supposed to mean? <laughs> it doesn't give me any context. <laughs> the guy who says I'm outside of this <laughs> thing. Okay, that's a, great. That's a very good Tom Scott's better than I did. <laughs> I'll take your word no, for it. He's. <laughs> He's the British guy who I showed you that video with the vape pin. He like hacks up a lung on it, and then it goes to like the Lemmy Show bit from the. Oh, like, uh, okay. That dude, where he basically his whole thing is doing these like ten minute, like very well thought out and produced, uh, but modest documentaries about a particular subject. And so okay. there was one that he did recently, uh, which happened to coincide with Germa doing the whole piloting thing, and I think those happened at the same facility so there's this place that's set up that has a bunch of like highly detailed and accurate cockpits for these boeing jets that are designed to help train pilots in a like highly accurate simulation uh-huh. and so tom scott's video was can i someone who has never piloted a plane before has no knowledge how to do this land a plane in an emergency situation with only the help of somebody oh, over dispatch I, I believe that yes the yeah. thing is, though, piloting a helicopter, like, from takeoff to landing is very different. I think that Emporio is going to do just fine. <laughs> well, he does for a while, as long the, as it matters. But yes, I, I know that Yeah, yeah pretty much anybody can land a plane with some assistance over radio. I Tom Scott does manage to do it while the autopilot is engaged, but he does fail to do it without the autopilot. Um, well, yeah. Which... He does actually get pretty close without the autopilot, specifically the touchdown that he screws up. But the, the rest of it, he managed to do. I've um, landed the plane in the NES game of Top Gun. Oh. And that's more difficult than a real plane. You and Jeff Gersman. <laughs> uh, anyway, Emporio gets in this helicopter, and much like me in any Battlefield game, it just takes off and immediately <laughs> careens to the left and crashes. That was my first thought, was uh, letting Emporio pilot this is like letting George pilot a helicopter in Battlefield. <laughs> All right, he gets farther than yeah. you do, though. Absolutely. Well, he's actually pretty good at piloting it. They, they yeah. do mention, again, the autopilot, but he does a pretty good job at keeping it stable, even while he's going blind! <laughs> His eyes are bleeding. There's rods in the air. I really want to know where Iraqi learned about rods. 
like specifically because i've already been aware of rods for a while no i'm aware of it it's just like why he thought they were like i don't know so it's just a very strange thing to incorporate here like as your cryptid of choice it is absolutely him coming upon information about what rods are speculated to be and just thinking like that's a cool idea that's going in my comic sure um for anyone who doesn't know, Rods is basically this phenomenon where in certain, like in pictures taken from the air, you see these streaks that look like rods zooming through the sky. And so people assume it's a cryptid, it's some sort of like entity that's moving around very fast that we can't actually see exactly what it looks like. It's just... It's just, it's, it's artifacts from like... Exactly. Photos. It's the same thing of, of people like taking their nanny cam footage and posting it and going like, is that a ghost? And it's like, <laughs> no, it's because the, the like shutter speed of this thing is moving at a certain rate and it's picking up like stray light and dust particles and stuff. And it's creating an optical illusion. basically. Yeah. And I think for... rods in particular are basically just like bugs flying around, like with motion blur. Yeah. It's, um, Again, I think it's like the shutter speed, the yeah. speed at which you're moving as you're taking the picture as well, and then it's their wings kind of causing mm-hmm. that like blurring effect. Uh, but for Rocky, there are these horrible, weird phallic objects. <laughs> Very phallic. With veins pumping through them and little wings and going little all around bumps them. all around them, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know. Rods. <laughs> but uh, the rods end up blinding blinding uh emporio making it difficult for him to fly the helicopter and also jolene whose eyes are profusely bleeding which emporios are not (laughs) at least not immediately like emporios look fine for a while here but they cut back to jolene and there's just blood all over her face um but they so they got to get out of this thing they're all blind uh jolene decides to basically just hook one of her threads to the helicopter and jump out and hit the hit this like river that's running below them it's like swamp land kind of but yeah that's like a pretty good plan as far as escaping helicopters yeah, goes for the part where your momentum would take you so fast in that water it would shred your flesh well, off. yes the, she does at least sort of try to go at an angle I'm like, upset um, that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is not real enough. <laughs> no, no, of course not. It's not following uh, the rigorous laws of physics. Uh, but yeah, she she does it. Araki did make an attempt. Araki, like Araki she doesn't just go straight in... down because uh, presumably he'd read Spider Man and knows that if you just went straight <laughs> down on a strand, you'd just like break your back. Yeah. Araki believes in rods. He doesn't believe in science. <laughs> Except for all no. the times you read something in a science book and then uses that. That aside. I, I was going to say, there's counterexamples to that in this episode. <laughs> uh, we get Rikiel here. He's a cow man. He's yeah, in a fun little cow outfit with a boob window. Looking like a gateway computer. <laughs> he's got like this, I like this like turtleneck thing that goes up halfway over his face too. Yeah. He's also it's got cool. these little like nodules on his forehead i'm not sure what's going on there yeah so rikiel's whole thing is that he is utterly lacking in any self-confidence and self self-value and poochie has just given like me this oh come on buddy just like me yeah but you're not dressing up like a cow 
You're a That's pretty good. <laughs> no, it was. That was the worst one yet. It's pretty good. This is like me trying to branch out with my Miss Piggy impression. It's terrible. All right, we'll see. Now you have to do it. Okay. Now you've mentioned it. Here's, all right, I'll do my Miss Piggy. Frog! <laughs> That's way worse than when you did it for me over the phone. Because you, you said mean things to me over the phone and it fucked it up. I lost my confidence. Okay, just like well, Rikio. The main point was that George Rikio. used to be able to do a pretty good Miss Piggy, but only when saying frog like that. Uh, but anything else would not work. Now he's lost even the ability to do frog. So that's concerning. <laughs> Rikio, and then like so you Rikio were talking, you were talking crap about my Kuwabara, and then I wasn't good. able to do it. And then you're like, "Oh, look at you! Now look at you!" Is what I say. Frog. <laughs> I'm leaning back as far as I can when I do that. I'm just seeing the audio. Peak so hard it's a pure rectangle. <laughs> yep. Got that right. <laughs> Rikiel did his Miss Piggy impression for Poochie. Poochie said it was very good, so now he has confidence and remember, he's attacking Jolene of the rest of the I party. remember very early in this podcast, like a, a part two episode or something, where we were doing Andrew Dice Clay impressions. <laughs> and, uh, I was able to tell just from looking at the uh, audio file where those impressions were. I know it was like Bobcat Goldthwait, I think. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that sounded horrible. Yeah. I I try not to get the audio to peak, but I swear, like I I lean back, mm-hmm. so I don't so I don't do it whenever I think I'm going to say something loud and just I can project my voice quite a bit. I'm very you shouldn't sorry do that, by that. the way. What, lean back? Yeah, don't lean back. You've, like you've always been bad at leaning back. <laughs> Sometimes I like to kick my feet up, kind of like that guy from Casino. Yeah, okay. You you told me that if I keep doing that, though, you're going to open the door with my head. So don't I put gotta... your head in a vice. I just keep on squeezing. That. I, no, I don't like that at all. Uh, Rikiel is confident. Big fan of the Apollo missions. <laughs> He's burning up like Apollo 11. Major, I'm burning up! <laughs> uh, yeah, he... God, so his stand ability... Uh, oh, God, what's the name of it? Sky High. Sky High, They okay. They changed to Sky Guy, which I think is pretty good. That, yeah, that is pretty good. But... Also, though, one I don't think they had to change. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next which, one so I also I, don't think they had to but yeah. I said I was going to share my theory About that and I forgot to I think the reason that they're na- able to name drop All these actual copywritten characters Outside of the ones that they clearly worked out Licensing stuff for like Astro Boy yeah. uh, Is that they're not Named Characters that you would put like a trademark Logo next to What what I think it is show. What I think it is is because they're talking About those characters as those characters it's yes, not a different character with the same name. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely part of it too. But it's not like uh, it's not like Batman became a character stand, and then you know Batman shows up in the video game, right? 
the, the way that you would have, you know, Oingo Boingo show up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I get it, but it, it is also after watching this much of this show, any time that they reference like an actual real world brand or person or, uh, you know, something like Batman, like a, a character, an intellectual property, it's weird. Yeah, uh, and the fact that they did it this much in this tight of a span is bizarre. Especially considering say. it's all of that in in the same episode, they had to rename Bohemian Rhapsody uh, Bohemian Ecstatic. That's yeah. <laughs> okay, we're trapped in the world of Bohemian Ecstatic. Um, so his stand power basically just lets him control these rods. And the thing with the rods is when the rods get into your body, they can basically shut down organs. They're mm-hmm. attracted to heat in particular. And the way they figured this out is, um, <sighs> baseball boy is grabbing his crotch and he's just like, suddenly there's bloody urine everywhere. <laughs> so in, it's interesting. The subtitles, uh, there are different subtitles for the dub yeah. versus the sub. Uh, because for mine, I think he just says like um, I don't remember what he says. It's different than the screenshot you sent me, though. Oh, it's not. It's not too different, but it's enough. But yeah, he's uh. Well, you find that basically he's deducing that his kidneys are shutting down. Only one of them actually, because the stand disc is tucked near the other kidney. Um. I need to go to the part of the episode where he actually pulls his shirt up because I am pretty sure that the area of his body that they're pointing to is not where your kidneys actually not, are. It, well, <laughs> I guess like it the could be. It's the, yeah, it's the front. Yeah. Um, I suppose they could, like, go through them and get to the kidney. Yeah. But your kidneys, in case you don't know, located towards the back of your abdomen. Yes. So, um... But yeah, so he basically explains like, well, there my, is a my part, body by is... the way, where Rickiel's just talking about space, and he's just like yelling, "Even monkeys can become astronauts." <laughs> I'm not really sure what his point was here. Buzz Aldrin flying all the way out to Japan to punch Hirohiko Rocky <laughs> in the fucking nose. <laughs> also, we didn't mention a really good part where uh, Ermas like throws rocks at him and they miss, oh, and she yeah. pulls the stickers off so they come back the other way and just beat his face into a pulp. Yeah, which he, that makes him start to lose his confidence again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, as a total aside, that video of Buzz Aldrin punching the fuck out of that dude is, like, one of my favorite, like, celebrity confrontations I think oh, I've absolutely. ever seen. Just totally decks that guy. Like, uh, good for him. In the sub, uh, Emporio just says, it's bloody, my pee is bloody. That's what he says. <laughs> this is the part that reminded me of me just coming to you like every three months with a new health issue just being yeah. like suddenly my urine's bloody is that normal <laughs> have, you, have you ever had that happen before <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> no speaking of you you show like that the author of that kind of has the same thing you do so oh, like. just a, he's a hypochondriac too uh, well, just like always sick with something. Like, that's why Hunter x Hunter is continually delayed and like going on hiatuses all the time. Lives? I don't know. That picture of his bedroom? No. Do you need to look that up? Okay. <laughs> There's a picture like the way that he used to live before he married the like Sailor Moon author. Yeah. And it is horrific. Do you know about the way the Yu Yu Hakusho manga ends? 
Uh, didn't she draw the last bit of it? No. Then no. No, he just like got sick of making it, and so he's just like, uh, the good guys, they, they were all being manipulated by the bad guys the end. Like, he I, just I abruptly him. ended it. <laughs> he is one of my favorite manga authors. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the Akira Toriyama school of being fucking dumb with this shit. But yeah, so the anime is completely different. Um, but yeah, I need to look up more about this afterwards because that sounds awesome. Um, I mean, people hated it. I don't blame them. Surprising to me that he has been as dedicated to Hunter X Hunter as he is. I think he wanted to end it like way earlier than that, and they made him keep going. And at one point, he was just like, "Nope, done." It's the thing with a lot of manga, like again, Toriyama, his whole thing was wanting to be done with it way earlier, and then publishers just being like, "But it makes us money." So you yeah. need to keep going, which like I like a lot of the stuff from the Cell and the Boo arc in particular is like his publishers looking at designs that he's already published in the comic and going like, this sucks shit, man. You need a different villain. <laughs> Why? Why did they do that? You don't you not heard about that? No. OK, so in the Android arc, remember the two androids? It's the old man in the yeah, back, yeah. like Dr. Jarreau and, uh, yeah, and yeah, Android 19. Cool. Well, so those were originally yeah. meant to be the primary antagonists of the entire arc. Yeah. Those were the main bad guys. And then the publisher was just like, you cannot have a fat clown and an old man <laughs> be your primary attack. Do it again. And so then he turned <laughs> in the designs. He turned in the designs for 17, 18, and 16. It was like, these will be the primary antagonists. And then his author was like, it's a girl and a little boy do it again and so he had to create cell as the ultimate villain of that arc so like the the whole progression of villains Why? throughout the entire middle of dragon ball z is just toriyama's designs getting shot down after they were already published great just great and a similar thing happened with the Boo arc. I think that's why Boo is constantly transforming is like the first time they're just like, this guy looks like he has been King Sharked. Absolutely <laughs> not. So why Deborah shows up and then never does anything? That might be. Um, mm. I know less about the production of Supreme the Boo Kai. I Yeah, I don't like a lot of the designs from that arc except for uh, buff evil Majin Spopovich. Boo. Oh. Now I like uh, Majin Buu when he turns evil And I like Kid Buu a whole lot And I think Super Saiyan 3 looks stupid as hell But in a way that I find appealing I I always just really liked Super Saiyan 3 Because it adds all of the hair to his head And so much so it takes it away from his eyebrows And I thought that was really funny <laughs> That is pretty good too Because it reminded me of the part in Fairly Odd Parents Where Timmy Turner becomes old <laughs> Of course And he says I lost all the hair on my head It's now on my back <laughs> <laughs> Um No I, I also like how the whole Super Saiyan 3 design Just started this like idea that well the more super saiyan you become the more hair you have so then you yeah. get dumb designs like the super saiyan 5 dragon ball af thing which is like another what? case of this super saiyan 5 from dragon ball af af was a <sighs> hoax that what this is. af which i think stands for after future is a oh. hoax continuation of dragon ball that was supposed to take place like after gt and they like put out some art of like what AF was supposed to be, and it was all fake. 
but in particular there is like goku wearing this like um like pants with like these designs on it that seem like native american kind of and he's in like super saiyan 4 but the fur is white and he has super saiyan 3 hair and there's like two really long strands of hair coming out the front that look like antenna and it's just excessive the design is so excessive but i love it for that reason we should do this we should get a new hoax going <laughs> yes Let's, let's let's start Dragon Ball AS for after Super. We're gonna put Goku Goku in a dashiki. Uh, it's gonna be a whole thing. Dragon Ball SS. It's Super Super. Oh, yeah. There you go. It's twice as much Super. Uh, we need to talk about this episode. But I am not, not I am a lot happy really to, happens here. I am happy to share with you all these fun facts that my brain has retained about Dragon Ball Z. I cannot remember anything that happens in JoJo's episodes I've watched four days ago. Bloody urine is caused by kidney damage, Porio tells us. <laughs> oh, your stand is uh, seeking hot parts of the body? What if I light my whole entire body on fire? It's fine. Yeah. It's like an aura, just like in Dragon Ball Z, George's favorite show. I just yell flame on like Johnny Storm and I'm fine. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking and breathing, even though I shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> Rikiel also sets himself on fire because he makes the absurd determination that if he does everything Jolene does, maybe he'll figure out how to beat her. Uh-huh. So they're both completely on fire, and they're having a fight, which the concept of is very cool. Uh, but Rikiel's goal is basically to attack like Jolene's brain stem and render her too dumb to do battle. Uh, because I guess like, that's the hottest point in the body or something like that. I don't like think that. it's to make her dumb. It's like, to kill well, her, basically. You, that's a kind of dumb. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but you don't think anymore if you're dead. It's true. That's what happened to U- U- Ugarly, Uga- Ugali. What was it? Ung- Ungalo. Uh, Ungalo. Yeah. Like bungalow. Exactly. Uh, so. Like, by the way, um, was it him or is it? Rickiel, where the end credit says something like back in despair that's uh this one's Rikiel. okay all right um i t- how's the despair calm i started thinking about the bungalow boys and then i was just like i'm gonna start a game called the ungalow boys mm. i don't know what the bungalow that, boys is that's like one of the racist like alt-right gangs i want to say that's but what, i might also is be that's like boogaloo yeah, because that's boys? the thing. Is it may be Boogaloo Boys, and I can't quite remember. They all have really stupid names. It turns out there's a lot of them, and I can't keep them straight. Mm-hmm. It's kind of bad. <laughs> um, so Jolene uh, and Rikiel get into this sort of standoff where Rikiel's on the ground, and he's just like, okay, well, my rods are coming at you. They're going to get into you. Can you beat me to death before they take your brain out? And so he's trying to like um pat the flames off to make sure that the rod gets into the back of her head but yeah. he forgets to move his hand so he covers it up and stops it from going through it's, it's because he's like so before that he's lost control he like severs his nerves he says so he can't feel pain when he sets oh, himself yeah, on right. fire uh even though that that's not how it works he, he should have just had them like say like um 
Well, it turns out fire doesn't them... do any physical damage to you in JoJo's yeah. Bizarre Adventure, so it doesn't matter anyway. Of course not. Um, but he could have just said, like, I had them shut down the pain receptor in my brain or something like that. Yeah. But he, he says they just cut off all his nerves, so then he would not be able to move his hands. Um, uh, also, I think he would be in excruciating pain after doing that. Probably. You'd have fucking cut nerves. <laughs> but, um, well, frozen or whatever the stand does, because it, it's like it lowers the temperature, basically, oh. to essentially shut down organs. Uh, yeah, he pats the back of her neck and then does not move his hand. Yeah, so and Jolene so, wins. Yeah. Um, and so he starts to explain this whole thing about, like, kind of the attraction that Poochie has for the sons of Dio and explains how Poochie has maybe instead of sending him out to defeat her is trying to guide her fate to make sure she shows up at Cape Canaveral is this whole weird convoluted explanation of like all these parts that are moving is is destiny like I can't fight this any more than you can fight this um which is then also where he reveals that weather report is Poochie's brother and that weather report is going to be involved in all this to some degree as well um, also, quick note here Araki goes back to The most nonsensical part We had had previously uh, Where there's a bit here Where Rikio uh, says yeah, I sent the rods into your mouth when you had open Which interfered with your optic nerves So you couldn't process me moving over here Oh yeah Araki really likes that for some reason Yeah, yeah he does uh, I kind of feel bad for Rikio is the thing so he just like seems like a sad sack who got roped into this he does but he also seems to have like you could see rikiel being a character who has like a good sense of justice in like the right situation yeah i he could be a good guy is kind of the vibe that i got from him but because he's being manipulated by poochie he's going to be at odds with the actual good guys of this part really i think the next guy also could be under the right circumstances like he doesn't yeah, seem evil like a lot of them do yeah but um there's uh something that i had read because i was thinking this during this episode of if all the sons of dio are being attracted to florida where's jorna and apparently in one of the volumes that was released for part six, that question comes up in like an Ask a Rocky kind of thing. And he says, maybe Jorno is already in Florida. He just doesn't actually find everybody in time, apparently. But Jorno is in Florida while all of this is going on. Shows up and he's wandering around, like passing out pictures to people. Trying to figure out where... Poochie's at yeah. and he gets to Cape Canaveral when everything's done and does the whole uh, Vince thing from John Travolta. Yeah. yeah, look around like. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll also say here uh, this bit where Jolene just beats the crap out of Rickiel is really great. Yeah. I love it. Like, this, yeah. this is some of the best animation we've seen in a while too. Episode four. They, they went all out for her yeah. just wailing on this random freak. I'm glad they did. Yeah. Episode 4 opens on a dead child Jojo's Bizarre Adventure <laughs> no, Well, you didn't mention the best The ending of that episode, too Oh, right, Irma's just, just has... come up being like Eh, 
next episode and just punches him right in the face no right after that where it, for some reason it has a quick aside about the laws in florida and how oh, if you're riding a motorcycle you don't have to wear a helmet and then yeah. it just shows two bikers driving on the highway yeah and then cuts away there's a sound the, of a horrible crash the specific line is just like if somebody dies in these circumstances you have to respect the freedom they had yeah. to kill themselves basically and yeah. it's just like okay rocky big fan of standard ground laws number one um, <laughs> absolutely respects personal freedoms uh <laughs> the thing with stuff also, like that it says rods somewhere on this earth yeah that's pretty good too so the thing about that whole law too is like i actually don't if you didn't wear your seatbelt and you got yourself killed whatever that's on you my problem is yeah. you get somebody else killed by being an idiot or because you caused the crash and someone else is technically responsible for you dying because you like flew out of the window of your car that sucks shit for the person who was not trying to be reckless and kill someone yeah so is there a reason why seatbelt laws exist Rocky? <laughs> well, uh, i mean it's also he, he a reason wasn't why saying Florida it's don't good got any. well that, the that way that they a, phrased it no, it, made it, seem like it that. has the sound the of a horrible crash right after that it's obviously but a joke you have to respect his freedom <laughs> all right i don't know the way that it was phrased in the english tub made it sound like they were talking about how it's like yeah it's sad that someone died but also you know they went out on their terms that kind of thing um all right boy, that's not the, how it came across to me this boy got shot by his dad in other news in the <laughs> neck god damn yeah uh but while jolene and Ermis and emporio show up at this hospital emporio not going to be in this episode because they have tasked him with going to deliver the disc to jotaro mm-hmm. uh but they're outside the hospital that poochie is in uh poochie is meanwhile hanging out with his new bff uh one of dio's sons whose name i'm completely drawing a blank on versus this one not changed oh donatello versus yeah uh, he's having him eat this flan to detect whether or not there's any shellfish in there. <laughs> does this really exist? Does fish flan exist? I'm assuming it does. I'm assuming this is something that Araki read about similar to the whole, like, hot Coke thing. Maybe. Like, this... He thinks it's a Florida delicacy. <laughs> you know what? I've never been to Florida. I have no way of telling whether or not this is a Floridian delicacy, but it sounds disgusting, so I'm going to assume it is. I mean, there's like gefilte fish, which is sort of like a like a jello-y oh, kind Florida. of consistency, but I've never heard of any sort of fish flan like this. Florida sucks so much, man. I wouldn't put a past them to eat weird yeah. crap like this. And the, the terrible, thing is, the like terrible this state. also seems too fancy for Florida in a weird way. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Especially for hospital food. He takes another bite. Turns out there is shellfish inside of the uh, sauce. So there's a bit here where he says that there's like crab in the flan, and I guess crab isn't shellfish. No, but I thought that it still he says it's the... like it's like flounder or something. I thought he mentioned soft shell crab. I think that's in the sauce. I thought it was in the flan itself. I am going through and, and watching this bit to make sure, but that stood out to me because I thought that would still fall under the umbrella of shellfish, even though technically I think it is not considered a and shellfish. And also you can just see shrimp like on the plate. <laughs> hey, can you taste this food? I wonder if it's got <laughs> shellfish in it. It's this big shrimp-looking thing. It's fr- Could you just bite into this and tell me? You shellfish. 
Poochie with a plate that's just got a lobster on it, just pointing at it, going like, "Is this got a shellfish in it?" You know, I have allergies. It's white fish, most likely flounder. It has been paired with his flan, a delectable pudding mixed with asparagus and mashed up crab meat inside. Okay. I detect no shellfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think crab maybe doesn't count as shellfish. I thought it did for the purposes of allergies, but I might be wrong about that. I don't know. Uh, Because I'm not weak like some people, and I have no allergies. Yeah, I don't have allergies. Yeah. We're very ableist, specifically against people with shellfish allergies. People need to man up and just eat your peanuts. So what if you swell up? Keep a pin on you. (laughs) Just push your fist down there and widen your throat a little bit, you coward. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, God, yeah, this whole scene just, like, goes on for a while about detecting the food. And you think for a moment, like, this is some sort of weird power Donatello versus has? <laughs> nope. Just a thing he can do. Just a fun little party trick that Donatello's capable of. Uh, yeah, but there is a good I, I thought bit. it was going to be, like, oh, his stand power is kind of like uh, in Chew or something, where he can, like, detect things from eating food. But no. Yeah. Uh, there is a good bit where they cut back to the plate of the flan and the dead boy's face pops up through it and then the bullet shoots out of the boy into the hallway and kills his father. Yep. Which is great. Yeah. Um, the hospital is conveniently emptied out because of this. They evacuate everybody. Uh, but Jolene after a and while, Ernest... It takes them a while to do it, too. Like after yeah. there's just been somebody who's shot, as far as they know, a gun through a door <laughs> into a guy's yeah. neck. Uh, yeah, it takes them eh, a few minutes before they think we should get everybody out of here. No medical attention for that guy, too. They just see that and go, oh, shit, scramble. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez it. <laughs> now, they do put him, like, on a gurney and wheel him away. Yeah, you know, the typical doctor thing of seeing an accident take place and going like, oh, no, feats don't fail me now when running out of the... <laughs> 23 skidoo. <laughs> and makes, like, the Flintstones noise when they run away. Have you ever considered that cartoons have completely ruined our brains? <laughs> considered? That's the entire thesis for this whole show. <laughs> There's a hole inside of this hospital room. <laughs> Mel's hole. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like This they whole bit the, is very Mel's hole. Throw the heartbeat monitor down there and see how see how quickly the whole's heart is beating. No, it was a ra- radar gun. I Come know. On. I'm just I'm making a roundabout reference to that, but shut up. Yeah, the the thing with the cryptids and now this does make me wonder if maybe Rocky just listened to a couple of episodes of uh, Coast to Coast AM. Maybe. Like I. Oh man, I hope so. There is probably an episode of Art Bell talking about rods. Yeah, definitely. My only question would be what the language barrier is, because I actually don't know how much English Iraqi speaks, and if it is enough to oh, sit yeah. down and listen to an entire radio broadcast. Because, like, I doubt anybody has, like, made Japanese transcripts of it either. Yeah. And especially, like, this point in time, the sort of accessibility yeah. or something like that, too. But both of these, like, I also got Mel's whole vibes from this, and the whole thing about the plane crash has kind of a, a spookiness to it that seems like it could be a subject of a Art Bell radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It, as a huge fan of Art Bell, I like these two episodes. Um Jolene's going to go down the hole. Hermes rightfully thinks that this is a stupid idea. Yeah. 
Uh, but they point out like maybe he's just going to chill down there for like the three days it takes before the new moon. And so they probably need to like take care of this and not just let it run its course. Um, so she gives Hermes a thread to pull her up if she gives Which, a By a the way, quick note here. When they went in the hospital, they were just going to completely bypass that room. They had no idea he was in there until yeah. he shot out of it. And like Pucci even says something like, they're probably not even going to, they'll just bypass us. They don't know where yeah. we are. I think she can sense that there's somewhere on that floor, but she mm. can't quite pin it down. Like there's a certain degree to which they can sense each other. Uh, but Jolene's going down into the hole using that thread and she ends up inside of an aeroplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, underground. Being... There's life underground. It turns <laughs> out. Do, do you think Iraqis listen to Oingo Boingo? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's impossible to tell. I mean, at this point in time, the accessibility of it. Um, anyway, this plane is fated to crash. So Jolene is like, "Shit, I don't want to be here. Get me out!" Uh, and is getting pulled back through by Hermes, uh, but. The stand, uh, which is in the dub named Netherworld, um, yeah. supposed to be Underworld, mm-hmm. uh, is trying to break her thread. I'm going to say that, that's there. a pretty good one, though. Like, yeah, if you got to change it. Fine. Yeah. Uh, and as Hermes is trying to pull her back up, uh oh, uh, whoopsie. It's our buddy Sports Max. Sports Maximum is back. Mm hmm. And uh, his voice in the dub is not what I was expecting it to be. <laughs> what does it sound like? Like a Cajun dude. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Adam Sandler yes. Cajun man. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a JoJo's villain whose voice just sounds like the little tiny man voice that he does in Little Nicky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be very good. Uh, Sports Max is is obviously causing problems for Irma's trying to get Jolene back up, and so there's some tension that's uh, born out of that. Um, but ultimately, both Irma's and Jolene fall into the plane and are now trapped in this underworld. And the whole idea here is that um, the ground remembers, the earth remembers. Yeah, that which is returned to the earth is remembered forever. Um, Vibrations or something. Sometimes dead's better. Oh, he's got a little wagon. Look at that. It's my favorite quote from Pet Cemetery. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if maybe some of this is also a little bit Pet Cemetery because kind of the way they talk about the ground feels Pet Cemetery ish. Kind of, yeah. Um, But yeah, so they're uh, now underground in this plane, and the plane is going to crash in about three minutes. And the stewardess would really just appreciate it if you shut off your fucking electronic devices. Saying it like David Lynch. <laughs> if you think you're flying on a plane with your fucking cell phone, you will never in a million years have experienced flying on an airplane. Get real. <laughs> and then he shows a pair of panties into his mouth. That's the episode. <laughs> No, they're like, yeah, the, the plane if crashes. If you can believe it, <laughs> it's a Friday once again. <laughs> See, I can David, actually do an actual, yeah, I can do Lynch. an all right David Lynch. <laughs> I don't know how my David Lynch sounds, but I'm assuming not great. Um, it was all right. 
It's tough to because it's that whole thing for me with doing impressions. The real difficult part is how you perceive your voice in your own head yeah, versus how it sounds for real. And so I I have a few that in my head sound not good, but like acceptable, like readable as a thing that it should be. <laughs> You're Ronald but... Reagan. Is that one of those? I swear to God, when I did that the first time, <laughs> it, it, no, it was always. I thought bad. it sounded. I thought it sounded pretty good. Uh, my Hank Hill is like that, where it sounds close oh. enough to Hank Hill in my head, and I'm sure it does not sound good nope. when I verbalize it. It does not. Dang it, Bobby! That boy ain't right, propane! <laughs> I mean, like, you can tell it's supposed to be Hank Hill. But it's not, I'm sure it's not good. No. Um, anyway. It's also plain... better than it used to be. Well, because I keep saying it a lot in private to myself. Um, oh, okay. Sometimes I like to just walk around my apartment and talk like Hank Hill. <laughs> Get some practice in. Yeah. Just doing laundry and repeating, dang it, Bobby, over and over again. Um, yeah, so the plane crash isn't what killed them. It was the fire from the plane crash, and everybody's now catching on fire, even though the plane has not crashed. Very unusual. Mm-hmm. It's a mystery. Uh, there is some good bits where uh, the stewardess's like, skin is opening up, and you see all the like muscle underneath. Yeah, she's burning. Uh, but there's an even better bit where she opens up her blouse and is like, one guy didn't wear his seatbelt and his head embedded itself into my stomach. <laughs> yes. She's got a quato. <laughs> Quaid. Quaid. <laughs> <Guitar> actor. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to like skip ahead a little bit because there's like... There's a real good bit where she's like telling the guy to like shut his laptop off and he just kind of like looks over to her and just goes like <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But I I do really like the bit where uh Jolene's like coming up on her thread like through the top of the plane and uh Underworld like stops or grabs her thread as like, "You know, I appreciate you coming in here even though you did like leave your shoes on." Uh, and didn't introduce yourself It's kind of rude but Yeah he likes to keep a clean Underworld Yeah, yeah. I agree I Take... I would be the same way Cleanliness is next to godliness <laughs> uh, There is a good They're bit They're about to in... meet him right now <laughs> There's Let's... a good bit in the Dub and I'm sure the line Is different in the sub but Poochie's talking about like you know you shouldn't really mess with Jolene. Like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, we should probably just get out of here. And he's like talking while he's trying to concentrate. And he versus just says, would you please shut the fuck up to follow Poochie? <laughs> and okay. Poochie doesn't quote. Poochie's just like, oh, did you say something? <laughs> yeah, it, it's right after that part I mentioned where, yeah, he's like, you know, Jolene's like been fighting a lot of guys during yeah. her time in prison. She's gotten pretty good at it, so you should probably just let her go. Right now you're like the farmer trying to fight Goku after he's been in like a hundred times gravity. This is not going to work out for you. The farmer? Farmer uh, shot at Raditz. Yeah, but what did the farmer try to fight Goku? I don't know. There's someone who's been making a mod for like Budokai Tenkaichi 3 and adding oh, more characters into it, and I wonder now if the farmer is one of them. The farmer is in that uh, Dragon Ball Breakers game. Oh man. The farmer should be like a joke character alongside Hercule in every yeah, fighting game. I agree. The Dan Hibiki equivalent. Yes, please. Uh, 
that's where we leave these set of episodes. Uh, I think that neither of us realized that it was going to quite end on this sort of a cliffhanger. No, because this the isn't episode title parts. doesn't say it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's just the way it works out. Uh, but we'll be back next week to take a look. Story Dore Da. That's how it goes. Way she goes, buddy. It's just like the story. It's just like the story. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll save that for next week. We'll mention yeah. our plans for the future because uh, yeah. we're going to be taking a detour yeah. after next week's episode. But we'll talk about yeah. that. But until then, we're going to be coming back to Tokusatsu. No, we're not going to. No. Do that. I don't even want to like God, joke I about wish. that and get anybody's hopes up. Oh. I would love to do that again, but I we really ran down the list of tokusatsus, and I don't think that we can really do much more with that. I'm not sure I have in my possession a Blu-ray copy of a Common Rider Kuga. Well, that's uh, pretty good. I, point. I did end up buying a Die Ranger, mm. the one where uh, just a little bit of context that is where the White Ranger comes from. It was nobody cares. Zoo Ranger. I, I technically, there are people probably listening to this podcast who arguably care more about Tokusatsu than JoJo's. Probably, I might. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so next week will be episodes twenty nine through thirty two, mm-hmm. and we will see you next week on Stand and Deliver. Open your eyes, look up to the skies, and see.